Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Good morning, everybody. All right. Hey, I have I have two notes of encouragement this morning. If you have an additional one, if you want to bring it up, that'd be great. This one's to Tamara and Sharon, so I'm going to tear it in half, so you can all have a half of it, okay? So I appreciate you investing your time and teaching our girls Sunday mornings, Chanel Stein. So praise God for that. Uh, Jamie Bamford, can I get a runner here? <laughs> That's okay. I was kind of I was kind of zoning out too a little bit here today. Uh, you are a wonderful person. You have you are have a kind heart and are willing to do so many nice things for so many. Like take our pictures. I love that. So there you go. Let's give it up for those two servants. <laughs> Actually, those three servants. So I have announcements this morning. Number one, pumpkin spice. Holiday Bazaar meeting, very quick meeting. We're just going to show what we got going on, and I'll talk a little bit about promotions right back in the back room. And uh, evening assembly tonight is going to be out here. It's going to be a glorious afternoon, 6 o'clock tonight. And we have Ben Ewing preaching tonight. And so I want you to come out and encourage him as he stands in the pulpit and delivers the Word of God. Uh, Wednesday, uh, Parks Place we're working on the purpose of the United States Constitution, 7 o'clock in the evening. Next week, we're going to be at Tamra's place on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock in the evening. So t- uh, this coming Wednesday at the Parks Place in October, we're going to be over at Tamra's place. You did know about that, Tamra, right? Good. Okay, I'm glad. Uh, and uh, Jess preaching or teaching in November the Bible class, and Scott's in October, and Eric is in December. Thanks, Eric. You're awesome. So anyway, now we got it all straight. Everybody knows I have many witnesses. All right, Thursday evening, we have ladies' study over at the Parks Home at 7 o'clock. So if you're interested, we'll hope that you'll show up. Now, how many of you, when you sing, like to whisper? Be honest. Come on, raise your hand. Oh, you are not being honest. How many could raise their volume when you sing? Man, nobody wants to participate in this activity. Well, we have someone we need to sing happy birthday to, and there's at least a big wall and a door there. Okay, she giggled, so Melissa can hear us. So anyway, that's no excuse for you not singing loud. So, happy birthday, Melissa. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. There we go. Taking care of that sweet family. That's how we get her done. So, all right. Hey, grab your Bibles. And uh, we're going to turn to the book of Job. Uh, Job chapter 36. If you do that, that would be fantastic. Job 36. And we're going to read verse 10 and 11, just a little bit of review 
Uh, notice I'm not going to Psalms chapter 16 and verse 11. Uh, you all know what it says, right? And he will make known to us the path of life, and in his presence there's fullness of joy, and in his right arm there are pleasures forever. So uh, we didn't turn there, but you, you know it. So Job chapter uh, 36, verse 10 and 11, we were working on last week, and uh, a larger context we worked on, but 10 and 11 is so important. The Lord God is the one who opens, he opens their ear to instruction uh, and commands that they return from evil. If they hear and serve him, they will end their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. So notice at the end of our life, there's going to be great prosperity and there's going to be great pleasures. But my conviction is, is that those pleasures are forever, and when you come out of darkness into his marvelous light, when you're raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places, you can begin to experience the great pleasures of being united together as one as you understand and participate in his character of glory. But also, too, my conviction is based upon this new series that you also, too, will be richly blessed with not physical prosperity necessarily, but spiritual prosperity in the great and awesome experiences that you receive in the right relationship with God and with each other as we serve the Lord together in sacrifice. And so as we looked at Job chapter 36, verse 10 and 11, that's exactly what that says. And I pray that you were here last week and understood that message. Now we're going to focus in on the surface ser service, and next week we're going to focus on the pleasures and the prosperity. So let's now turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans in chapter 12. In the book of Romans in chapter 12, we hear the Apostle Paul speaking of the importance of our sacrificial service to Christ. And so we're going to use this as really the, the jump-off verse or the anchor verse this morning for what we're going to speak of in regards to our service to Christ Jesus. And so take a look, verse uh, chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. It says of worship there, but in the original text it was not there. But you know, we cannot serve properly unless we are in a state of worship 24-7. And we're going to look at that today. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God that which is good and acceptable and perfect, that you may demonstrate the perfect will of God, the will of God which is good and acceptable to him. And that's what we're going to do today. So let's pray. Lord, I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would help us to recognize, Father, how critically important it is for us to have a humble heart before you, that in our hearts and our minds, we would be placing ourselves in subjection to you and to your word. 
Father, there is no happiness. There is no joy. There is no lasting pleasures when we choose to serve ourselves. We know the Bible says that the, the, the pleasures of sin are passing, the passing pleasures of sin. But Father, sin always results in a heartache and anger and frustration and depression and discouragement and sometimes even early death. Father, we would ask that you would help us to realize that when we humble ourselves before you and we sacrifice self, by serving you and serving others first and always, that, Lord, the rich blessings of happiness and joy and peace and abiding pleasures are ours now in this life and in the life to come. But what are these services that you want us, Father, to provide, to lay our lives down in providing uh, for you and for others, Father? We're going to ask what those services are, what those sacrifices are today. And then, Lord God in heaven, we're going to seek the scriptures to know how you bless those who are willing to do that, Father. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to begin this morning by sharing with you that it's amazing what ends up happening when you choose to selflessly and sacrificially serve others. I know many of you have had this experience before. When you do something that was not asked for but was desperately needed, you saw the need and you stepped up and you provided that need. And the response of gratitude and thanksgiving oftentimes is amazingly overwhelming. And that's not why you did what you did. But the amazing gratitude and appreciation that comes back to you and the, the drawing near to one another as we would do something for each other and fulfilling a need. Really, as we live together in unity because of the glory of God, his great character, his character is a, a character of self-sacrifice, which demands that it be manifested, it be proved or demonstrated in our willingness to see the need of others and then to selflessly step up and serve them with no expectation of any return. If we're going out and doing things so we get the praise of men, that's all the, that's all the prosperity, that's all you're going to get. If you do things so that others will see you and go, hey, look at what they did, that's all you're going to get. But if you go out with a heart that's doing it because that's what Jesus would do. He did it because he saw the need and he knew that that need could not be fulfilled unless he stepped up and provided. If you have that mindset and you're doing it with no strings attached, that's the kind of service that God desires. When Sharon and I have brought goodies to the police officers with no expectation of anything, just knowing that they have a thankless job oftentimes, now, I know I've gotten in trouble by saying that we appreciate our officers. But not all officers are bad. There are bad officers out there. And I have come to find out that good officers hate bad officers and they want them out. And I appreciate that. But you know what? Man putting on the badge and putting on the uniform and putting on the, the, the flak jacket or whatever they call that stuff, and going out and standing between harm's way and myself 
Man, I don't know about you, but I've never had to do that. I've never had to do that. And yet they do it every day. And they don't know. So it's, it's, there's no strings attached. I, I don't even know who gets those grab bags. But you know what? It's pretty amazing when the office staff comes over and says, you don't even know what this means. And she's right. I don't know what it means because I'm not walking in their shoes. But to have them respond that way, I wasn't expecting that. I just wanted to do that for them, and it's the right thing to do. But you know what? When there was a call for meals for Melissa and her family, when she had her little baby, a whole bunch of people stepped up. Yeah, I want to do that. Why? Because she's a sister in Christ. Why? Because that's how you show love. The love of Christ. He feeds us spiritually every single moment. And so for us to step up and do that is really no sacrifice. It's actually a joy to do those kinds of things, honestly, if you have the right mindset. And so that's what we're talking about this morning. So I want to define some terms. Because if we don't define the terms correctly, then the service that we're called to give from a correct heart, it's going to be law. And law does not bring pleasure. Law brings pain and suffering. But love, devotion, brings great pleasure because you're doing it out of love and not because you have to. So let's take a look this morning in point number one, defining the, the more foundational terms from Romans in chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living and a holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your, your uh, spiritual service. Well, the first word down there I have is the word service. And notice there's two words there. The first word, latruo, means a hired man or woman to do menial labor. Wait a minute. I'm a Christian. What I do is important. Well, if you have that attitude, you're not going to clean the building. If you have that attitude, you're not going to help in those things that you perceive to be menial. Because I am, I do only spiritual things. What in the world attitude is that? When I've known people like that before, that's a wrong attitude. The attitude should be, if there's a need, I want to step up and help out. I want to be a blessing to the Lord and to those whom He's called me to serve. And so, so a hired menial labor. Now, when you compare yourself to Christ, guess what? I still come up short. I'm working on it. I'm developing it. But when I, when I compare my servitude to the servitude of Christ, guess what? I'm okay with being a menial laborer. You just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Because you did it all for me. That's the right attitude, isn't it? it well, it should be. But look at the next thing about this definition. Uh, a, a minister, a servant, particularly to serve the Lord. And remember, Jesus said, when you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. And so when we serve each other, we're actually serving the Lord if we have the right heart. But look at the second Greek word there for service. It's the root of the first. The divine service of God in connection with serving in the temple. Let me read that again, and if you want to write it down, that's so important for what I'm about to say. It's the divine service of God in connection 
to serving in the temple. Well, you are the temple. I am the temple. We are the temple. This is the house of God right here. You and I, our bodies, individually and collectively. Does it say that we're supposed to work together, each individual member of the body serving and doing their part to build up the the house of God, the family of God, the body of Christ? Doesn't it say that? Well, then each one of us should go, hey, I'm going to want to throw my talents, gifts, and abilities in. And if there's a need, I'm going to step up if I'm breathing and can do it and not hurt anybody or damage anything. I want to do that. Should have that attitude, shouldn't it? Don't let me touch electrical. Right, Eric? Man, I ain't doing that. Uh Uh-uh, no way. All right, we'll burn this building down right now. See, and that's not a help, that's a hurt. So it's important for us to have an attitude. I want to jump in and help wherever I can. That's exactly the heart of Christ. The divine service of God in connection and serving in the temple. The temple of God is the church of God, the body of the individual Christian, and collectively the body of Christ. Our service then should be to God for one another. And for those who are not yet Christians... Now look at the second word, the word there, worship. He's saying, well, wait a minute, Bill. I thought you said in this passage of Scripture that the word of worship is not in there. I share with you that you cannot provide an acceptable sacrifice, an acceptable work of service, unless your heart is, in fact, a heart fully devoted to worshiping God. What does that mean? Now, the word worship in the modern churches means singing. we got a worship team. We're all going to worship together singing. Woo-hoo! And you know what? It's great to sing together by way of teaching. The scripture teaches that we should sing to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, training and teaching one another in the truth of God's word. That's okay, but that's not all of worship. Everything we do should be worship. The word worship, proskuneo, literally means to kiss. To kiss. It goes on to say to kiss, like a dog licking his master's hand. I know there's at least one person that adores me unconditionally. Oh, I'm sorry. I have two. You know what? How come we can't be like dogs He's saying wow that's weird i'm just saying that's what the greek definition was look at dogs i mean they're just amazing you know when cats lick you yeah they got these little spikes on their tongues you know what i'm saying no problem with cats miriam no problem with cats callie is wonderful okay so what i'm saying is is that it's in the definition it means uh, they're, they're willing to count. You know, whenever you raise your voice or look cross at your dog, if they're like my dogs, the master's not happy. You know what? They just want to kiss their master all the time. Well, to kiss like a dog licking his master's hands is to feign or to crouch before, to prostrate oneself in homage, to adore. I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 10. Take a look at what the old devil wants. You know, this is what the devil wants. The devil's wanted it from the very beginning of the fall. The devil's wanted a little bit of worship. Take a look at this. Matthew chapter 4. And of course, you know, Jesus, he's taken up to the highest pinnacle of the temple. And the devil says, you know, or he's taken up to the highest mountain and shown all the kingdoms of the world. 
And notice what the devil says to him here. He says in verse 9, and he said to him, all these things I will give you if you'll fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, go Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Worship the Lord God and serve him only. Worship before service. That means to bow down in humility. Remember what Jesus said? The first thing you need to do if you want to be his disciple is get self out of the way. Amen? Because self always go, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun. doesn't smell good either. And you want me to do what in service to the Lord? I'm just saying, we need to recognize and understand this thing, worship, precedes acceptable sacrifices, acceptable service. Well, look at John chapter 4. Look at the gospel of John chapter 4. Well, how often are we supposed to be bowed down before, crouched down before, adoring our Lord in John in chapter 4, there in verse 20. You know this passage very well. Chapter 4 and verse 20, there's a dialogue going on between Jesus and a Samaritan woman at uh, Jacob's well. Notice what it says there in verse 20. Uh, but, but, but where are we at? Verse 20. I have to get a big letter Bible here. Here we go. Our father worshiped in this mountain, and you people say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We, Jewish people, at the moment, as Jesus was speaking, worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. The church is the pillar and the support of the truth, Paul says. And we are filled with the Spirit 24-7, the Scriptures say. And therefore we are to be in subjection in worship all the time. So our service should be motivated out of a love for Christ Jesus, and that's it, period. Not out of a desire for what we're going to get if we do good deeds. Well, maybe I'll do enough good deeds that I'll be acceptable to him when I get to the pearly gates. Well, you've got a wrong teaching somewhere down the road on that one. You see, we need to recognize our service to each other because we love God, first and foremost, means that we're going to get involved whenever there's a need. We're not going to wait till it fits my little box. Doesn't the Bible say in a multitude of ways, not in this terminology, but in a multitude of ways, we need to get out of our comfort zone and walk the walk of Christ Jesus. You start walking the walk of Christ Jesus, that's out of your comfort zone. It really is. Because your comfort zone is, I don't want to do nothing I don't want to do. But we need to be the people who are constantly worshiping God. So when the preacher or someone says, hey, can I get some help here? Oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Love to do it. Now, the word present here. Go back to the book of Romans in chapter 12. To present your bodies. 
a living and holy sacrifice. I know it doesn't say present like gift. It says present. But you know, when you think about it, you should give your life as a gift to God. But the giving is the key word here, to present, to give your life in service to God. And so I want to take a look at the definition. Literally, to set by. To set by. Meaning, you see somebody digging with their hands and you go get a shovel and go, what do you think, chief? Yeah, that sounds good. Or you go home and get, if they're digging a, a, a post hole with post hole diggers, you go home and get your tractor with a drill. Hey, just stand back, man. Let me take care of this for you. That's even better. <laughs> See, my point is, is that to come alongside, to give yourself to serve, to make yourself a tool for God. And so, to place a person or thing at another's disposal. Did everybody catch that? That was in the that was in the definition. To to place a person or thing at another's disposal. In other words, use as it needs to be used. That's the kind of mindset we need to have when we're serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Use as you see fit, Lord, not as how I see fit. But you use me as you see fit. If you're not making yourself available, he can't do that. I am not at your disposal. I don't like that word. But that's what we need to do is to give ourselves fully to the service of Christ in whatever he has need of. To yield oneself for another's use or purpose. This sounds really counterculture, doesn't it? To yield oneself to another person's service. I think you got that wrong, preacher. I'm coming to this church because I'm expecting people to serve me. Because you know that's what the church is supposed to do. Serve one another. And I'm one of those one another's. So bring it on. Really? So when people go out church shopping, when they say that, there is this little, little philosophy back in their mind. I'm church shopping. When you go shopping for something, you're looking for something that's going to serve you and your needs. Isn't that how it works? I've had a lot of people say, well, you don't have children's church here? Well, I'm, yeah, okay, whatever. See ya. That's happened many times. And you know what's really amazing? Is these little ones are getting it. You know, when Andrew or Ryan or Jacob, when we're driving home, out of the blue, pop off with a word that I didn't even know they were listening. I thought they were, or drawing, coloring pictures or whatever. Dad, what does that mean? <laughs> You were listening. I don't say that to him. I don't want to discourage him. Like, yes, great question, son. I can tell you're going to be a Bible scholar someday. I mean, it was just like, wow, this is great. And they're like little savers. And they're baby. They're barely able to talk. And they're asking questions like that. It's like, wow. 
And you want me to send them down to have them babysat until they're 18 years old? You're saying they never do that. I'm teaching our two young teenager boys to be men. Men. Responsible husbands. Responsible fathers. Responsible supervisors. Responsible workers. Men of integrity. And you know what? Sometimes that's not fun. We need to recognize and understand, brethren, we need to give ourselves even to things that aren't fun because that's what a man or woman of God who loves God more than anyone or anything will do. Amen? Amen. All right. The last one is sacrifice. The word sacrifice there means the act and or the victim. The act and or the victim. Let me just add right now that you are the victim that acts. I am the victim that acts. Jesus was the one who gave himself as a sacrifice for all. Now you and I get to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We are blessed with the opportunity to sacrifice for all. You say, wait a minute, where's the pleasures? Get to the pleasures. We'll get there next week. We just need to know how to get there, and it's through the sacrificial service from a heart of humble gratitude for what God has done for us. That's where the pleasure begins. But now let's look to, well, it says here also too in this definition, an offering or sacrifice well-pleasing to God. Now you can do all sorts of sacrifices, but if it's not well-pleasing to God, how many of you have ever read the passage of Scripture in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 13 about love? There's a little precursor, there's a preamble before you get down to the good stuff, right? Hey man, if you could speak with the tongue of men and of angels but do not have love, you're just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if you give all your money to feed the poor and give your body to be burned, well, that's nice, but if you don't have love, if there's no love for God, there's no love for people, guess what? <laughs> Ew, that was a waste. You see, we need to recognize and understand it's the worship, it's the heart of humility, it's the adoring of God, the love of God that motivates us to do the right thing. Now, what is the right thing to do? Point number two. Nice, smooth transition there. Point number two. The sacrifices of service that are well-pleasing to God because they're motivated by a heart of worship. Both hearts and sacrifices must be well-pleasing to him. On the back of your note page. First our hearts and then, uh, and then our sacrifices of service must be well-pleasing to the Lord. Notice, according to his will. If it's not according to the scriptures, with the right heart, you're laboring in vain to build the house. Psalms 51. And I'm going to have you read the other passages of scripture on your own. I might make reference to them, but Psalms chapter 51, verses 15 through 17. Notice what uh, the writer here says is so critically important about the right sacrifices for God. Verse 17, Psalms 51, verse 17. Fifth, I'm sorry, 15 through 17. O Lord, open my lips that my mouth may declare your praise. For you do not delight in sacrifice, otherwise I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, 
a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. What's that saying? The sacrifice that's acceptable to God is one that includes a contrite heart, a broken heart. I really pray that you will go back and you'll look at Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3 when it talks about only those who have a broken and contrite heart are going to get to heaven. So if you're doing stuff to get something, if you're serving to get something, you're in the wrong family. The family of God gives because we are following the example of our king. Now will he return the blessing? He said he would, but it's not going to be how we might think. He who waters others waters himself. In other words, just go water people and the Lord will figure out how you need to be watered. Don't go looking to be watered. You just water. You know, if everybody's watering, we're all going to get wet. If everybody's watering, we're all going to grow. If everybody's watering, we'll all be fed. Well, I'm not watering because that's not my ministry. My ministry is to do something else. Look at the scriptures and whenever there's a need and you have the ability to fulfill it, step up and do it. That's what Jesus did. And so Matthew 21, verse 42 through 44, verse 44, don't read that one if you don't want to get convicted. Don't read that one if you want to ignore the truth. Just don't read verse 44. You can read the other ones because they might be a little confusing. Verse 44 is not. If you don't fall down and allow Christ to break you of self, when he comes again, he will fall on you and you'll be crushed into oblivion. I'm just saying. <laughs> Psalms 50. Psalms chapter 50, verses 14 and 23. Now, if you think I'm judgmental, I'm not being judgmental. How many have ever had a, a, a friend or a loved one who was married and the spouse was just going through the motions? I hate this marriage. I hate this. I'm doing it just so I can stay with her or him because of the kids. But as soon as the kids are out of school, I'm out of here. That's a messed up relationship. I'm doing what is right because I have to. But as soon as I got a way out, I'm out of here, dude. I'm out of here. Now that's the world, brethren. That's the world. That is not us. And that's not how we should be with God. Never. And so, brethren, Psalms uh, chapter 50, I'm not talking law, I'm talking relationship. Be the one who's madly in love with God and willing to do anything to please him. Psalm 50 and verse 14, take a look at this passage of scripture. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and, and pay your vows to the Most High. Your lips should be filled with thanksgiving for what God has done for you. And if you can't think of anything that God has done for you, that means you're not reading the scriptures and you're not listening to people who are brothers and sisters in Christ. See? If you're in the moaning and groaning mode, get in the Bible and start reading all the wonderful things God has done and is doing for you. Look at verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors God. 
And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. Man, that verse 23 is awesome. And I really encourage you to get into the Psalms of 51 and 56. Those are awesome passages about how important it is. If you really love God and you're so appreciative of what he's done, you're always going to be praising him. You know, last night my wife did an amazing job. She worked all day on pumpkin spice stuff and, and, and cooking meals and delivering meals. And, and she's just burning around and I'm trying to stay out of her way. And, and uh, I mean, I'm serious. She was from the minute she got up, she was moving, man. And then she makes this amazing dinner. And she's really thinking about her husband because I'm really trying to be once again proactive in becoming a thin man. And it's working. But she works all day long. I mean, like, I'm telling you what. I, I wish you could be a fly on the wall. It's awesome to watch this woman. And then she cooks this amazing dinner. And I'm in working on lessons and doing this and doing that. And, and then she goes, dinner time. Come on. It's like, wow. And she doesn't stop after dinner. So I encourage the boys to clean the table and get things done. And by the grace of God, they stepped right up and they got her done. Wow, amazing. You know what? I am so thankful for my wife. I even said to her appreciation. Hey, happens every once in a while. Should happen more than it does. But hey, we should be constantly thanking God. Look at Romans 12, 1 and 2. And you say, we've already looked at that. I just want to look at one more thing there that is so important. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You know, verse 1 and 2 are connected. I know you knew that already, but I just wanted to uh, remind you of that. It says, and, the beginning of verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. You can't be conformed to this world and make sacrifices that are pleasing to God. You can't. If you're still conformed to this world, you can't make sacrifices to God. And the sacrifices you make are going to be worldly, which is what? Self-motivated. You're doing it because you're going to get something. Wrong. God knows your heart. Get that junk out of your heart. Because where does the worldly philosophies and the traditions of men and all of the nastiness of selfishness come? It's in your heart. Get it out. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you can prove, you can demonstrate by your words and your deeds that which is the good and the perfect and the acceptable to God, acceptable to God, His will. If we do His will with the right heart, we will be acceptable to Him. Again, I go back to the marriage thing when you have a spouse slamming around the house, whether it's the husband because he's got to do his stupid honeydew list because he wants to get out hunting or fishing, or get out playing golf or something. If he's slamming around the house, oh, thanks for getting the honeydew list done, honey. I wish the attitude would have been different. See, so it's important. The heart and the action must work together. I think I've said that more than once today. Well, let's take a look now at the next one there, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. Here's another uh, acceptable sacrifices to God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. In fact, there's several acceptable sacrifices here. Several. Through him then, through Christ Jesus then, let us continually 
Continually means constant, without stop. Continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name and do not neglect in doing good and sharing. So doing good could be really anything that is good and godly and represents God's character. But sharing means, hey, you know what? If a brother or sister is in need, you share with them to help them to get out of that tight spot. If they need to learn how to keep from getting in the tight spot, that's a need as well. That would be good for you to share. So it's important to recognize there's a whole host of sacrifices here. Don't you love it when God gives you a big generality? Do not neglect in doing good. Now, if you're a Pharisee, you'd go, what's good? <laughs> you know what? You know what's real good? is helping someone with a need if they have a need that you can help with. That's good. All right? To share, you have something they don't have, but they need. Again, sharing is important. Remember the Apostle Paul? Nobody shared with him in the matters of giving or receiving, but only the church at Philippi. He had preached to a lot of churches and brought a lot of people to a saving knowledge of Christ, but only one church was supporting him. And I'm not preaching right now that you pay me. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying that's what those people did. They saw a need and they shared their financial resources with him. That's powerful. Now, let's look at the very last one. Philippians in chapter 2, verse 17. Philippians 2.17. Paul makes an interesting statement here. Uh, I'd like to begin in verse 14 to get a running start. Let's get a running start. And you're going to like my running start. Verse 14 is a great running start. It kind of has to do with some of the, the funny faces and some of the illustrations that I've made this morning. Let's begin. Verse 14. Do all things without grumbling or disputing so that you will prove yourselves to be blameless and innocent children of God above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you appear as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I did not run in vain nor toil in vain. Verse 17, But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I rejoice. And share my joy with you all. Look at this. He loves ministering to other people. He loved ministering to the people in Lystra and, I and Iconium and Derby. He loved it so much that when they stoned him and left him for dead, that he went back to continue to preach to them. He loved them so much. He was willing to lay his life down. That was out of his comfort zone, folks. So it's important for us to recognize, are you willing to step up and help a brother grow? You know, we do these, these you know, encouragement. Well, those are stupid little things. They're not stupid to the person who receives them. And you say, well, I don't want to do those. Well, okay, you don't have to do the purple things. Do yellow ones if you want. I don't care. Okay. But you know what? We have these little cell phones. How often times do you think of someone and you go, hmm, I should get a hold of them. And then you get on to your day. I'm not, just don't, don't say you've done this before. Just think about it. Think about someone. 
You know what I've started to do, and I have shared this several weeks ago. So when I think about somebody, you know what I do? Send a note. Just a quick note. Hey, just thinking about you. Hope things are going okay. I usually end with, do you want to get a cup of joe? Or something like that. So notice, when you're thinking about somebody, just send them a note of encouragement. I got a note of encouragement from a brother just, uh, was it yesterday, I think it was? And so I asked him if we could get together for coffee this week. Because I want to spend time with him. And to show my appreciation to him. Brethren, to minister, to sacrifice my life in building up others in their faith is really what we need to do. What did Paul say in Colossians 1.24? I rejoice in my suffering, and I do my part on behalf of Christ Jesus in filling up that which is lacking in Christ's afflictions as he's ministering to people. So, here's the question you want to ask yourself in closing. Do I really love God? I mean, really? And why do I love him? Is my mouth overflowing with praise and thanksgiving because of what he's done for me? Because I want to let him know how much I love him and how much I appreciate him? Am I overflowing with praise and thanksgiving for what God has done for me and for the people he's given me and for the and to even praise God for the people in front of them and praise them? Do I love that God that much? Or am I so self-absorbed? Remember, self gets in the way. I challenge you to begin to intentionally, intentionally begin to think about your relationship with God. Do you really love him? Yeah. Do you ever listen to him? Yeah. When? Sometimes. No. I mean, do you listen to him? When my wife comes in the room, honey, please be my witness, I turn away from my projects on my desk, don't I? And I'll get up and I'll give her a hug and a kiss and, and uh, I will keep my things away, although they're calling my name, I can hear them. I focus and I'm listening. Right, honey? And she's not doing that, be great, yeah, I guess. She's, she's wanting to do that. So important us to recognize. That's the first. The second is, what is it that I can do to sacrifice myself? The world is filled with needs. The world is filled with needs. Just look outside yourself. And then step in. And it's amazing what will happen. The prosperity and the pleasures forever will begin to come your way. In overflowing. Let's talk about that next week. Let's close in a word of prayer. Father, thank you so much for the blessing of the time that you've granted to us together. And I would ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that we remember that we need to be in love with you, absolutely committed to loving you because of your total commitment to love us now, back then, and forever. And so we need to have that same heart of love for you. And in so doing then, we will desire, will want to please you in every respect, doing your will as we serve each other in serving you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's stand up. Let's stand up and get all excited. What did Jesus say, Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that.
Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is King. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings. King of Kings. All right, let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.